Hey, voice teachers, it is Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, podcast number 23, is all about favorite vocal warm-ups and technical exercises. Have you been wondering what your colleagues are up to with their students in the warm-up part of their lessons? Well, today we are welcoming back some of our previous podcast guests and asking them about their favorites their go-to warm-up exercises. So whether you are just a little curious or maybe it's time to bring some new exercises into your teaching studio, you are most definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast. Resources for private, classroom, and choral music programs. And here's your host, Nikki Loney. Hi, voice teachers. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Full Voice Podcast. Today's podcast is all about favorite vocal exercises and warm-ups. And uh, we're bringing back some of our previous guests to talk about what they like to do in their teaching studios. Now, before we get started, I want to thank and shout out to Leping Hudson from Virginia. She was the one who sent me a lovely email and this was her idea. She wants to know what other teachers are up to and, and other exercises that singer uh, singing teachers like to do. So Leping, thank you so much, A, for listening and B, for this great idea, because I had so much fun. And I actually learned a whole bunch of things and brought some new exercises back to my teaching studio, and my students had a lot of fun. So my first question is, what do you do? What do you do? What's the first thing you like to do uh, when your students come into their lessons? Are you all about breathing? Um, Are you all about getting them into their bodies? Maybe you do some stretches. Um, How many of you have a box of straws in your teaching studio? Yes, a lot of voice teachers are are digging into uh, straw exercises. And if you are... uh, if you get our newsletter, we actually shared a, a video about straw exercises, which was really interesting. Now, maybe you're all about vowels, vowel shaping. Um, I have been having a lot of fun with my students lately uh, with tongue twisters, um, diction, diction exercises. Uh, I, I noticed that my students were really struggling with the words and the diction. So what I did is uh, I went online and I found a whole bunch of fun little tongue twisters, really challenging ones, and I printed them up on a piece of paper, and then I cut them into strips, and I I folded them up, and I put them in this jar. And part of our warm-up is that they have to reach into the jar, grab out a tongue twister, and then we work on the tongue twister. Now, I don't just get them to say it really fast. We actually talk about the articulators and the teeth and the tongue and the lips. And, uh, and then we also, I also watch their bodies. So if they're starting to work too hard and use the shoulders and the neck, then we, we correct that. Uh, it has been a lot of fun. And I've known forever that tongue twisters were a really fun way to do a warm-up, but I never, I never tried it. And I have to tell you, my students have been having a blast. In fact, I thought that we would probably do it just for a week or two, but they now demand that they they get their tongue twister. Um, They're having a lot of fun. And you know, in your teaching studio, if your students are are requesting a certain warm-up, that you're doing something right. If they're having fun, then they're going to be paying attention and they're going to uh, be focused. And um, the uh, the hardest tongue twister 
uh, that I still struggle with is, so this is the sushi chef. Yeah, try saying that a few times. Go ahead. I won't laugh. Um, we've had a lot of fun with that. Now, uh, one of the um, one of the challenges I think with technical exercises is um, that there are well, there as you all know, they are an incredibly important part of a vocal lesson. They're very important to vocalists, um, and, t- and truly, they are more than just warm-ups. Now, if you ask your students, and this is actually a really good thing to do, ask your students why they do these technical exercises. The majority of them are going to say, to warm up my voice. And that is true. Technical exercises give us an opportunity to warm up the voice. But I think it's important when we are uh, focusing on specific things and within our technical exercises that we explain to our students why we're doing what we're doing, why we are asking them to make these funny sounds and to do these things. So I, I, have, uh, I have to say, um, I did all sorts of vocal warm-ups. So I started taking lessons when I was 10. I had wonderful teachers, but I didn't really understand the purpose of exercises until I worked with my, my voice teachers in college. And it was quite eye-opening. Like I thought, wow, I had been singing for 10 years prior and didn't know why I did a lip trill. And it really opened up a lot of discovery for my voice. And I think we can help our young singers to discover their voices. And there's nothing wrong with having a little conversation about, hey, this is why we do this. And this is the focus of the technical exercise. And technical exercises allow teachers and students um, a really fantastic opportunity to explore and develop the voice in ways that just singing songs doesn't help them. And um, I think that one of my focuses in my teaching studio is I want my students to discover their true voice, their unique sound. Sometimes when we work on songs, they're trying to emulate the singer that they've been listening to. And I always like to remind them that your instrument is unique. There's nothing else like on this planet like your instrument, your voice. And so we use technical exercises to help them discover their voices. And I like to, I use the term make peace. I, uh, I have too many students that come to me, especially adults, that have been singing their entire lives. And the only thing they can say about their voices is that they hate them. And so when they, when they confess that to me, I always say, well, we need to make peace with your voice because it's an amazing instrument and uh, we're not going to talk, talk bad about our voices. I don't let my students, uh, that self-negative, negative self-talk, we don't do that in the lesson. So now one of the other challenges is uh, with technical exercises in which I was, and why, I was really excited to do this podcast and talk to my colleagues is because it's really, it's a really common uh, for our technical exercises for us to get into a rut. We go to the same exercises week after week. Now the challenge is we want our students to feel comfortable, but sometimes they get too comfortable and when they get too comfortable, well, they get bored and then they are no longer they're in the room, 
but they're not in the room. They're mind wandering. They're thinking about something else. I had a, one of my young uh, uh, boys uh, was singing the other day and he was just daydreaming. I could, he was not in the room. And I finally stopped and I said, all right, what are you thinking about? And he's a sweet little boy. And he's like, well, I'm thinking about Pokemon. And also, I'm hungry, so I'd really like some pizza. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I think about pizza a lot, too, when I'm singing and I'm hungry. So good for you for being honest. So we had a good laugh. And then I changed the instructions a little bit. And uh, I used some uh, Pokemon names. I asked him to name. I, my son's into Pokemon, but I, I, I'm not. And so I asked him to name some Pokemon uh, characters that he really likes. And then we looked at the vowel sounds in the Pokemon names. And we went with that. And he had a big smile on his face. And that is always a good thing. So uh, now, before we get into our guests, I just wanted to... Um, tell everybody how much fun I had uh, with uh, talking to my colleagues. I love talking to my colleagues. I have awesome, awesome friends who are incredible educators. And I'm sure I bug them a lot uh, because I'm always asking them what they're up to and why they do what they do. And uh, going and talking to other teachers was really enlightening. And I have to say, I had some new exercises to bring to my students. And my students had big smiles on their faces because it was something new. It was something fresh. They had to think about it. Um, They had to really apply themselves. So, uh, you know, getting new exercises, trying new things with your students is always really important. So this week, my challenge to each and every one of you is to get a new exercise and and explore it with your students and tell them why. Tell them why you like this exercise. Tell them what they're supposed to be focusing on and you will see a different student in your teaching studio. Now, my first returning guest is my dear friend, Um, super duper colleague and my partner in crime, the co-author of the Full Voice Workbooks, Mim Adams. I was in Toronto and I uh, got together with Mim. We actually recorded another podcast. It's coming up all about teaching music reading skills to your young singers. And Mim and I always have way too much fun. Um, We laugh and we share a lot of really great ideas and and stories. Now, Mim was um, my guest for podcast number 10, and she did this amazing podcast on introducing jazz repertoire to young singers. Not only did she uh, give some really great examples of some wonderful um, jazz standards, but also why the jazz standard, what that jazz standard was good for, what focus you could have, and the best part of her uh, her podcast, I think, was the songs that you should never introduce to a new a singer that is new to singing jazz. She did a really great job. So that's podcast number 10. If you are working with uh, teenagers and you're introducing jazz repertoire, do not miss that podcast. So Mim, uh, this well, these are Mim's ideas. This is what Mim likes to do with her students uh, in the warm-up part of her lesson. All right, so I'm here with my good friend Mim, colleague and co-creator of Full Voice Workbooks, and we are talking all about favorite vocal warm-ups. So Mim, just generally speaking, general, what's your go-to? What do you like to start off with in your vocal lessons? 
Um, one of my top vocal exercises is the long tone. Ooh. So just holding a note for a long time, either using like on a vowel sound. Yeah, consonant sounds or vowels and switching back and forth. Um, usually that transitions into yeah, back and forth vowels. Okay. Oh wee oh wee oh wee oh But starting with just long notes. So just like ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, do you play an accompaniment underneath it? No, not usually. Jazz it up a little bit? No, like, maybe if there's a reason to do that, but usually it's just an acapella, long okay. note, and students just get to feel their body, mm. get everything relaxed, mm. practice taking some breaths, right? Just to ease into singing. Nice. That's okay. the first go-to. Uh, my other, like, sort of the next go-to, which isn't always, like, directly after this, but another one I do a lot of right. is what I call the slidey exercise. Oh, okay. And that's basically whatever the interval is, depending on the student, sliding from note to note. Oh, so, like, sirening kind of thing. Yeah, Ooh. sirens, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then depending on the abilities of the student, like, I love it when we can stretch to, like, two octave slides. Mm. Those are so much fun. Do you ever challenge them? Okay, let's go higher. Oh, yeah. I call them roller coasters. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we're going really high, like, the scariest roller coaster ever and you're going super high and then you crash down for the little oh kids gosh, for the little kids they love that right yeah <laughs> i can only imagine the parents outside of a lesson studio going what's happening to my kid yeah when you make all those funny noises okay those are great those are really good little warm-ups now what about your vocal jazz ensemble like when you're working with your older singers Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe we're doing harmony work. Is there yeah. specific warm-ups that you like to do well, with them? I actually do the same things okay. for vocal stuff and definitely more of the sirening in large range for them because like jazz choir pieces usually require just weird extremities of your range right. for all parts. Right. Um, so the, I find the sirens really help. Um, when I do harmony stuff, um, it tends to be pretty basic. I try to work like moving in thirds and, oh, and okay. hearing the, 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 the really like uh, meat and potatoes of a chord, right? Mm. Which is like the root and the third, really. Okay. So I just try to, I do sort of scales in thirds harmonies. That's mm. probably the most common one. Nice. Um, yeah, and then I'll do some chord arpeggios as well. But yeah, usually it's just thirds harmony and then there's just never enough time to delve. Oh, because it's because it's about repertoire. Do you <laughs> yeah. ever use like a piece, like a well a well rehearsed piece as a warm up or? Um, I would definitely do that yeah but there's always going to be warm-up warm-ups and then let's use this song and then move on to what we're working on okay so nice yeah that that will often be part of it nice any other last warm-ups that are your favorite that you kind of go to um i love warm-ups that use vowels back and forth oh we oh we oh we oh we oh way oh way oh way that kind of stuff right i love that and i mean i suppose that comes from my jazz background and it's about developing the naturalism uh, of, the, uh, of, of each sound as we right. work through the range. Right. So, nice. but again, dependent on each student. Right. People need different things, but nice. that's a that's another one I love to use. I like that. Well, thank you. Thank you for those. Those are great. Thanks. You're very welcome. My next guest is Sarah Campbell. Sarah Campbell was our special guest on podcast number fifteen, all about workshops and summer camps. She shared. All of her expertise. Every summer, Sarah puts on incredible workshop classes. They're very successful and a very important part of her business. Now, Sarah is also a blogger and she has um, Sarah's Music Studio and she shares fantastic 
resources for teachers. Now, she does both piano and voice, so she's got lots of stuff going on there. So I'm going to put links to Sarah's website um, as well as to the other podcasts on our podcast page. But Sarah was kind enough to take some time out of her crazy busy schedule to talk to me. And uh, these are her favorite exercises. I've harassed my friend Sarah Campbell, made her hop on Skype this morning. So Sarah, down in Pennsylvania from Sarah's Music Studio, how are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Thanks for having me back again, Nikki. It's good to talk to you this morning. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time. I know you are crazy, crazy busy, and I love your blog. I know it's hard to keep up with the blogs, but keep them coming. Oh, thanks. I'm trying. I have uh, two more that I'm going to crank out in the next couple of weeks. I've got some good Halloween ideas. Oh, fun. Nice. Okay, well, we'll look forward to those. So today we're talking about um, our favorite warm-ups, just the warm-ups that we go to, the warm-ups that we love to do with our students. So uh, I'm dying to know what you uh, torture your students with. <laughs> because we all know that warm-ups are really just an excuse to torture our kids. That's um, that's my whole reason for teaching. Uh, like that's right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fun. Well, I think it's fun. I mean, I'm not sure about my students, but <laughs> I thought I would talk about a an exercise that's good to transition from the time that you use to warm up to the time that you're working on repertoire. Because I think kids sometimes get like this little disconnect, like why is my teacher making me do this? Or why why, um, why do I have to sing all these funny solfege syllables? Um, so what I like to do, and, and this does take a little bit of prep time, but think of the song that you're going to be working on with your student that day and pick out a tiny little trouble spot, maybe five to seven notes. Um, it can be like the beginning of the song or maybe somewhere in the middle, maybe somewhere in the end. And then you solfege that, but don't tell them that you're going to do it. Don't tell them this is from your song. No, see if they notice. So I like to teach them by rote. So for instance, um, maybe you have a kid working on my favorite things right. from the sound of music. Okay. And Love that song. Yes. It's such a cute little piece. The very beginning interval, we're in the key of E minor and the, the beginning interval is do to so. Uh, and then so to Ray. So we have four notes here and you can have them practice that, you know, do, oh. so, so, Ray and put it into different keys and Ooh. use it just like a little warm up. I love that. That is a great idea. And now, now that's a simple one. Um, yeah. And if you want to challenge your older students, I, for instance, I have a senior who was working on the piece I believe in you from how to succeed in business mm. without really trying. Right. And the middle section of that song is kind of beastly. It's very chromatic and it gives you the opportunity to work with um, the chromatic solfege syllables, nice. which we don't often use. Yep. And I'll admit, I, I, I have to have my little chart in front of me when I'm thinking of those. Oh my gosh. I tell you what, I'll send you the mini um, chromatic solfa flashcards. Ooh, 
Ooh, yeah, that, that sounds awesome. That's my gift. My gift to you. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Another thing that I can use to torture my students. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> so I I chose a, a piece. Um, from that, the middle section of I Believe in You. Um, I, I can't remember the words um, at the time right now, but it was very difficult for him. And he actually didn't recognize that I was using that. Uh, really? As a okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but then when, you know, I started getting that twinkle in my eye and I'm like, so y- you've heard this before, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's my little warm up that I like to use to kind of ease into the repertoire. That that is a great idea because I I agree with you. I think uh, there is a disconnect sometimes from the exercises into repertoire, and uh, any kind of disconnect is always challenging because they'll lose their interest, right? They'll lose their focus. Yeah, they get that glassy eyed look mm. you know, when you're doing mm-hmm. the solfege sometimes. But I think you know making it applicable to the pieces that they're working on is super helpful. My students who um, I use this trick with, they start to realize, yeah, you can use this information to, <laughs> to train those sections that are really hard, and they do see improvements. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that idea. I'm going to use that. I'm teaching uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll let you know how it goes. Now, um, we were talking online a little while ago about warm-ups, and you mentioned something about a feather boa. And you never got to expand on it. And I need to know what you are talking about. So what do you so do to your I, children with the feather boa? Yeah. <laughs> I have this feather boa. Oh, it's been in my studio for a while. I think it's about six years old now. And it's just barely holding together at this point, <laughs> I will admit. Um, it's it's mostly whatever's in the inside. Maybe it's rope. It's mostly rope and, and a few feathers that are still attached. <laughs> right. Okay. I keep this in my little props uh, cabinet. And I love to bring out the boa when I'm teaching students to sing legato lines or if I need them to feel a little silly while they're singing their song. Um, So I, I think it's really useful for the legato lines. I like to start on one side of the boa and have the students pull the boa from one hand to the other as they're singing. It's that concept of maybe, you know, painting the rainbow or using that paintbrush to create the slur, but it's a much more physical aspect and they can feel it. Tactile. I love that. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. And, and you know, there are so many songs out there that are, they just sound better when you're wearing a boa. <laughs> Let's be honest. Right? I have an adult student who was just in the musical Nonsense. Oh. <laughs> and, oh, now I'm not going to remember the song that, uh, one, of her, one of her songs, it was the, the one about, oh. I just want to be a star. Right, right. <laughs> and there's, you know, she needed the the she red needed the boa. boa at the end, so it was perfect. Now I have to go out and get a boa for my studio. <laughs> you uh, were one of our previous guests. You did a wonderful podcast. It's one of the favorites, I have to tell you, um, and one of the most listened to post uh, podcasts is about your uh, workshops, summer workshops. Uh, do you do something 
different for your groups? Like, do you do something with your group singers? We do a lot of fun warm-ups. My my cohort, cohort <laughs> Kevin and I, um, we try to figure out fun warm-ups. Of course, we'll do like the standard ensemble building, you know, build a chord kind of warm-ups. But right. there are two that stand out in my mind. One of them is addiction warm-up, and mm. actually this was taught to me by a group of students who got this from uh, one of the local choir teachers, and it's addiction exercise, and it's so much fun. Okay, I want to hear it. I'm excited. Okay, so um, the words are, and then I'll sing it, the words are B-A-B-E-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-
Right. Um, so you time your breathing to that, and then you can, th- and, and I do knee to knee, so knee bend, knee bend, knee bend, knee bend. So I call that my basketball block, oh, which I love that. heaven only knows whether it actually is or not, because really I'm not that sporty, but, um, <laughs> or like the goalie block. So you go knee, 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 or the boxer, which is fist over, fist over, fist over, fist over. Oh, I can relate um, so you're to getting boxing. your torso moving, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get the whole torso moving. And then when you're breathing in, then you're doing, you're just putting a nice, first of all, it's energizing. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it gets them moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and thirdly, you can add that nice rhythmic breathing to it, and then you can add vowels to that. So you do an inhale for three, and then you do an e, a, a, o, if you want, or you can do tongue trills after that. So you do. Oh. Or something along those lines. Beautiful. So it becomes a nice. Yeah, a nice progression through a warm-up nice. to get your body, then your breath, and then your voice going. Mm, I love it. Now, I have a, <laughs> I have a specific question for you. Um, mm. I have two students that, for the life of them, cannot do tongue trills ah. or lip <laughs> trills like they they just oh, yeah and and they you know they're it's there's spit everywhere <laughs> what uh do you have any do you have any advice on that um well the tongue trill takes a long time to right. actually it is possible but it takes a very long time to get moving in a way that is useful for a warm-up mm-hmm. it, and usually what ends up with the tongue trill is we usually end up getting it just to the point where they can do a rolled r and an italian aria essentially right, right. <laughs> um so but usually i've had a lot of success with getting the lip trills working if you put two fingers on the sides of the mouth oh. i don't know if you've tried that or not um so you just put your each your pointy fingers onto the corners of your lips and then try the lip, uh, the lip trill that way. I'm doing um, that right now. I'm just yeah. sitting in front of my microphone with my mouth. <laughs> I love it. Just it just helps to stabilize somehow. Ooh. And I've had a lot of success with students who can't do lip trills, but they can do it with their fingers on the corners of their Interesting. Mouth. I'm definitely going to try. I think I'm going to try that next week. Yeah, go for it. I'll let you know. I'll let you know how it worked out. Now, my last guests are Anne Barnshaw and Jason Hales. Now, Anne is a returning podcast guest and did a wonderful podcast, podcast number eight, which was about finding age-appropriate repertoire uh, in, in musical theater. Now, Anne does a lot of work. She does a lot of vocal coaching with singers of all ages, and right now she is uh, in the middle of rehearsing a show. Um, they're doing Dirty Rotten Scoundrels at Drury Lane Theater it, next month, actually. My husband's actually in the uh, in the pit band, so he has been he plays guitar with Anne in the show. And, uh, and also my friend, Jason Hayes. Now, Jason, I haven't had on the podcast yet. I'm sure I will because Jason is a fine singer, a music educator. He's also a concert promoter. He he really works at uh, um, promoting young and upcoming musicians and giving them the opportunity to to uh, perform. And Jason works really hard at giving young singers these wonderful opportunities. So Jason and I were actually rehearsing because we were performing together and. And after the rehearsal, I was able to um, <laughs> record uh, their favorite, both Anne and Jason's favorite technical exercises. All right. So uh, 
I invited myself over to Anne's house. So actually, we just finished a little mini rehearsal. And I'm with uh, Anne Barnshaw. You've been a previous guest on our podcast. But my good friend Jason Hales, singer extraordinaire, voice teacher as well, is with us. Say hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. <laughs> so we're talking about favorite go-to warm-ups. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, ladies, you go first. Ladies first. Ladies first. Okay, so Annie, you got your student walks in, uh, and what's the what's your first go to? And why? always, always, always lip trills. Lip trills. So just use in an arpeggio, and then just taking them up semitones. I just I gets the breath going. Just kind of gets. You know, it just gets that buzz going. Mm. I don't know. It, like, doesn't matter if you're sick or healthy or whatever. That's that's for myself. That's always my very first warm up that I do. And just if I'm working with a community group, do you make them do the I absolutely make them do lip trills as well. So private students, groups, anyone. I just find that that's sort of a nice easy peasy. Once they get the the feeling of getting that breath moving sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge to get them to get the buzz happening but once once they do it's just great i have a question have you ever had a student that has really struggles to get the lip trill yes what do you do so what i do is i get them to take their index fingers and just put them on just gently rest them on the sides of their mouth just at the corner and just sort of like not push just it's more of an awareness right right and just play around with that. Please, okay, yeah. one more question. Okay. Do you ever have a student that's really uncomfortable? Yes. Doing the lip trills. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just do it with them. Okay. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, that doesn't last very long usually. No, it's usually because I get rid of the student. And then, <laughs> oh, dear. No, it doesn't. No, they get over that self-conscious. I mean, you know, if you're, you're a, singer, be a singer, you got to get you got to get used to doing some pretty weird stuff. Nice. So the lip trill is probably the least weird thing I do. So. Okay, nice. Mm. Okay, Jason, you're up. So your favorite, you know, getting your student warmed up at the beginning of a lesson, what's your favorite go-to? Everybody who walks into my lessons always starts with the side going from bottom to top, top to bottom. Oh, okay. Demonstrate for us. So you start as low as you can, go as high as you can. Wow. Why? Why do I do yeah. that? Why do you do this, Jason? <laughs> Fo- to get the students to focus, uh, focus on their breath and to relax. Okay, so, I'm going to ask you the same. Uh, I'm going to ask you the same questions. What if you have a student that is uncomfortable performing that? I, same thing as Anne. I, I do it with them. Okay. Yeah, I don't do it quite as loud, but I, I, I kind of do it with them and get them to. If if they have trouble, some students will jump from note to note and they, they won't actually oh, slide so up slide yeah so I, I get them to do it to smaller intervals mm. so a third or a fifth and just get them to slide in between and sometimes acting like a trombone <laughs> oh that's a nice visual yeah, yeah. yeah. okay that's so, a great one yeah yeah that way you know when you get them to focus on their breath they a lot of students especially when they're starting out are nervous and yeah so when you get them to slide like that you can hear some of the tension that's built up and get them to relax a little bit and then you get them to even just take a deep breath and let it out mm. sometimes you'll hear that 
<laughs> and you know there's tension. You know there's tension. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's a, well, that's a that's a keen way to kind of gauge them. Nice. Yeah. All right, Annie, back over to you. Yes. You do a lot of uh, work with your musical theater company, so mm-hmm. you're actually in the middle of re- rehearsing a, a team of people. Yeah. Um, what other what other group? type warm-ups do you like to do to get like before the show so before the show everybody's all ready yeah, to go I do a vocal warm-up before each show with the community productions like obviously with a, like an equity professional production they're they're already warmed up uh with the community productions you're sort of sometimes you're dealing with people who are very experienced singers and sometimes not as experienced singers so I sort of try and keep it pretty simple um because for people who don't have a strong technical uh, singing background, if, if they're doing too much singing incorrectly, then uh, that can affect the show. The other thing, so my next um, my next one would be just going ton- a dominant tonic on say Oh, nice. So you're hitting different vowel sounds. Yeah, so we start on say, and, and because we're starting with an S, we, again, it's, it's the breath is initiating. Right. So we're on the breath. So you're say, and then E, and then ah. And then, oh, nice. Now, for music theater, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. So my last, I do a few more in between, but my last one that I would do for, especially if I'm doing like a Gilbert and Sullivan or a Sondheim production is, and you guys have probably done this before, the tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. Yeah. But then we do a little, so the tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. (laughs) So so have a little, the triad on top, and then just keep modulating it up. Tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. (laughs) And speaking it up. I like that. Right? So so then we're using our articulators. So in, in theater, and especially texty theater, like I said, Gilbert and Sullivan's on time. I mean, really anything where we want to hear the text. We want to make sure that we're getting that, um, the, the articulators. Yeah, so that yeah. We do. Nice. Yeah. Okay, Jason, back to you. I've seen you in some pretty incredible uh, opera productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, do you, what, what do you do before you step on stage? Before I step on stage, I, well, I, I other than pray, yeah. <laughs> I actually start with the the, the side. This is a podcast, but Anne just made the uh, he drinks little <laughs> thing. Nice, like all tenors do, Come right? There's <laughs> a bottle of wine. Okay, so um, I actually start with the sign, but then I then I go to uh, just the uh, pentatonic scale, oh, okay. uh, the f- five notes, okay. and c- make sure that you're connecting uh, each note. Uh, breath-wise, so there's no let-up between each uh, note, okay. right? So right. it um, make sure it's smooth, and then you do that going up the scale, um, yeah, probably for all 12 tones. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then I'll go to um, go up one, uh, go up a semi, to, go go up a second. Go up, uh, down a second, up a third, down a third, up a fourth. Ooh, down a fourth. nice. Yeah. Making different intervals. Yeah. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Keep your ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's fun. Yeah. I should invite myself over. Wow. You should. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks. So there you are. There are some amazing voice educators sharing their favorite go-to warm-ups. Lots of great ideas there. And one of the things that always amazes me, and I think is one of the wonderful things about what we do, is that we all have a different approach. We all have different ideas. We've all experienced our voices differently and our students 
are experiencing their voices that is in a way that is unique to them. So I think, I believe, that the more tools you have in your teaching toolbox, the better you can address the needs of your students. So it is always great to talk to your colleagues or go to a workshop or do an online course and find out more about the voice and, and opportunities and ways that we can really engage our students. So I want to thank my returning podcast guests. So Mim Adams, uh, Sarah Campbell, Shannon Coates, Anne Barnshaw, and my good friend Jason Hales for sharing, uh, taking the time out of their crazy busy schedules. Like, do you know a music teacher that's not incredibly busy? I don't. We're all working so, so hard. So a, a very special thank you to my guests and of course to Leping Hudson who had this wonderful idea for this podcast. Thank you for reaching out. And in saying that, I welcome everybody to reach out. If you have an idea or a question for a podcast, let me know. My email is Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, at thefullvoice.com. We welcome all comments or questions. And as always, I want to wish everybody an amazing teaching day and happy singing. You have been listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and free teacher resources, please visit our website at www.thefullvoice.com. Made by Canoe Music. Canoe Music.ca.